0: Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire where two witchy best friends from way back delve into their magical history, discuss pagan theory, and provide magical inspiration for the neophyte, the high priestess, and everyone in between. Join us as we explore ritual, craft spells, celebrate the pagan way of life, and get back on the broomstick. I'm your co-host Layla, and today we'll be talking about elements and elemental magic. And hey, I'm Shell, and I'm excited because
1: this is a fun thing to talk about for me, I think. I love all the elements and all of the correspondences that go with each of them and all the different things you can do with
0: them individually. And so I'm excited today. Me too. There's so many things to explore here and it's it's one of the segments of witchcraft and ritual that I get a lot of enjoyment out of. As a creative person, as a words person, calling in the quarters was always one of my favorite parts of a formal ritual.
1: And all of the all of the things that kind of go along with each quarter, I like the shiny pretty stuff. You know me. I like my pretty things and I like having pretty representations of each quarter as a part of my rituals and a part of spell work. I mean, obviously, we could do six episodes on this. So this is probably just going to really be a more of a scratch the surface on the elements in the quarters. But it's definitely a topic we can revisit and do deeper dives as we go.
0: So what are we talking about? We are talking about the traditional, mostly from Wiccan sources, but we'll get into a little bit of the history of where these correspondences came from. But we are talking about the cardinal directions, east, south, west, and north, and also the elements that people think correspond to those directions, air, fire, water, and earth, the four major elements that we work with in most pagan practices.
1: You know, it's kind of funny because I've, I've seen on a couple of um, different sites where they add different things into the elements. For example, they'll add light and dark, earth, air, fire, water, light, dark, or earth, air, fire, water, spirit. So I think that maybe depending on what angle you're taking it from, you may have different interpretations of what the elements are or what the quarters are, which is funny because quarter means four and people add to it. But, you know, hey, that's just me doing bad math.
0: (laughs) I think (laughs) when we talk about the quarters, we get that's a little bit different than elements because I know that, you know, again, we're talking traditional Wiccan structures here. We're talking about what came down from the Golden Dawn and the Rosicrucians and that type of tradition. But
1: but in that tradition, though, they're very, that's an interchangeable term. Elements mean quarters, quarters mean elements, and they're kind of very interchangeable
0: in that context. Correct. In that tradition, there are only four elements plus spirit that they switch out for deity and just those four elements. And and they corresponded strictly to east is air, south is fire, west is water, and north is earth. That nowadays, especially, varies quite a bit. But like you said, there's a lot of different elements. People will put light and dark. They'll put giving and receiving. They'll put masculine and feminine. But that's the thing,
1: you know, no way is wrong. You know, whatever works for you. That's the beauty of witchcraft in this type of spirituality is you can kind of Hunt and pack what works for you,
0: particularly nowadays. And we're being very sensitive, not just to the tradition of something, which in this case is East is always air, but we're also paying attention to the natural world around us. And like you said, what works for us on the West Coast, West being water, makes complete and total sense because there's a very large body of water to the West. When I'm in New York State and I'm near Lake Ontario, north might be water i might feel that pull of water from the north because there's a very large lake right there so it very much might depend on where you are in a place and just like shell said that is perfectly acceptable to do
1: now i get what you're saying about you know in california the waters to the west you feel that pull but i don't know maybe it's just because i'm just too caught up in what i've learned And what I've read over the years and what I've been taught. And so I just can't let go of that thought. And I think that's what people need to sometimes think about is just because you read it in the in a book or read it online or because it's someone else's tradition, you're not locked into that.
0: Right. You're definitely not locked into someone else's tradition. And it was traditionally kind of locked in a little bit that way for a lot of people because the books in the beginning that came out all were very heavily influenced by this this Wiccan tradition that came from older Masonic practices and such that, that kind of all got incorporated into what they were calling Wicca at the time. So when I learned from books, and even now when you read books, most of them will have those Gardnerian correspondences of East air, South fire, West water, North earth, but people are breaking away from those very strict traditions and kind of going more towards what your local area is like. We are an Earth-based religion after all, so we want to kind of be as natural and as in harmony with the Earth around us as we possibly can. The four elements originally came from ancient Greece. You know, that's what they really thought the whole world was made up of, was air, fire, water, and Earth. They literally thought those were the main four building blocks of everything.
1: That the universe was made up of, yep. Yep, absolutely. And then
0: that extra fifth element that could be divided in multiple parts being spirit or that spark of life or the divine energy that gives life to all those other parts. And now we know that the universe has many, many, many more different types of elements. And it's not as simple as four simple things. But for our primitive brains, for our for our childlike brains, for our animal brains, we like things to be simple, and it's much easier to affect your subconscious and to help you get into the frame of mind that will help you to affect change and have spell work work for you if you can break things down to their simplest components. And so keeping those simple elements is important and is a powerful, magical tool.
1: This is a elemental call that we used- 20 (laughs) some years ago (laughs) but i i found this and i thought that this was a really good one so if you are going to call the quarters into your circle into your space this is a good one we came up with to the east the wind positive forces i call you in to the south the fire aids this night in my desire to the west the water i conjure my need into matter to the north the grove bring your gifts and make it so to the center the force i call you to open the doors
0: nice very freaking cool wow we
1: we were pretty good with words back in the day
0: yeah we came up with some good stuff Also, one thing to mention is anytime you call in elements, not deity, we're not talking about deity here, but when you call in elements, it's always a good idea to be forceful. Be forceful when you call them in and be forceful when you release them and tell them it's time to go. So call them in strongly and at the end of your working, release them and say it's time to go just as strongly.
1: And, the, and, and just to kind of circle that around, because I did, you know, let our listeners know a call that we called in, I'm going to also tell you of a really simple, easy, let go, so to say, dismissal of the elements, if you will. We were pretty wordy with our invocations, but we would simply release the elements by chanting the earth, the air, the fire, the water return, 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 return. The earth, the air, the fire, the water return, 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 return. And that was good enough. And it worked for us. And we, you know, again, back with the simplicity. Our minds remember simple things. And, you know, 20, 25 years on.
0: Still remember it. Layla remembers <laughs> that chant. Like it's Easy. like ingrained
1: it in her soul, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Invoke them in a beautiful way. Just remember, you got to let them go too.
0: Release them. You don't want to keep those energies hanging around your house. Every witch is going to have a story of not releasing the elements and, you know, her pipes burst or a candle caught the curtain on fire or something like that. So just release the elements as well. Good stuff, Shell. Nice call. I just wanted to add that in. I forgot I had that marked in my book. Shell's wonderful catalog of our history. I'm telling you treasure
1: trove who would have thought it when I was writing it down and y'all would laugh at me it's beautiful well here we are it's like the almanac we're all so glad you did speaking of tools there are tools associated with each element like I said I like the
0: sparklies on my altar let's break down each element into into what it means and what tools and stuff we can use for it
1: Let's start with earth because I, I don't know. I like earth. I think it's because I'm a crystal. I'm going to say it. I'm a crystal whore. I love crystals. I do you
0: have piles and piles of glittery, gorgeous crystals that you love to pull out. I can't almost every single time I come over, you're pulling out a box, you're pulling out a a
1: house out of crystals at this point, I think.
0: And they're all cataloged and labeled. I love it. But they're pretty. They are pretty.
1: (laughs) So the earth, stone, crystal, um, pentacle also represents the earth. I have this gorgeous pentacle my daughter bought me um in Toronto, Canada. And I keep that on there. It's got like little vines that make out the pentacle, but that is a symbol of the earth. You know, I've I've used everything from a little jar of dirt. I've used graveyard dirt. Here in Salem, now I'm use, I'm a fan of using Salem dirt, but <laughs> stones and rocks and crystals kind of are, for me, those are that earth thing. And, you know, like I even, you might say, oh, a rose quartz ball? Well, rose quartz isn't earth. No, but the crystal itself is a crystal representing earth. That's kind of like my favorite representation altar-wise would either be stones, crystals, or a pentacle itself.
0: Yeah, and earth itself, magically, it represents literally a foundation again it's it's that magical like for like correspondence earth is a foundation it is under your feet it is something that is solid and steady and those are the magical correspondences that it has you build a solid foundation of earth for your home you build a solid foundation for your hearth your fireplace the heart of your home and so earth it's a like for like representation it is steadfastness it is home it is it's solid it's tangible exactly and so it it represents all of those things magically and so any representation you bring in of that like shell said any crystal no matter its type is earth and so it will represent those qualities magically
1: when we've done ritual outside bus place that feeling of your feet in the dirt, your bare feet in the dirt, you know, the trees all around you and the grass and just everything, you know, that woodsy feeling, that's earth in a nutshell. Even if you're smelling the smells and and feeling the breeze through the trees, you know, you're getting that that embodiment of earth all around you. There's nothing like bare feet in
0: the dirt in the spring to just kind of recharge you. Feel that reconnection. And if you can't get outside, you can recreate that same kind of earth feeling by curling up in your favorite chair in the favorite corner of your home and feeling that coziness, that connectedness, that grounded centeredness of your life in your favorite spot or with your favorite person because home can mean so many different things. It doesn't have to be a physical home. Four walls, right. And that's earth. You know, so the correspondences come easily. Brown, green, you know, gray, black, things that represent earth and earthiness. All are correspondences.
1: With air, it's funny because I'm an air sign and I have such a hard time with air. The breath of life, you know, the breeze in the trees, that ocean breeze that I'm finally feeling, words, songs. People don't think necessarily of of words and songs as air but that is, that is you using your breath to create a spell. Every word you say is a spell. The songs you sing or the songs that are sung, they're just spells. Yep. And they're all air correspondences. All, yep. All air. Yellow. Not my favorite color, but yellow to me is air. I know other people sometimes think of different colors associated with, with air um, in
0: East, but Yellow is what I think of when I think of air. Pastels, light colors, the sky, the soft- Birds. Birds, the soft morning sky, sunrise, new beginnings. All of these things are associated, they're the magical associations with air. It's cleansing. It can be inflaming. It can be something that pushes things. Air can be very powerful in the form of tornadoes that might come through. It can be destructive. It can be also very calming and helpful. It can power generators. You know, air has a lot of qualities to it that you might want to bring into a circle or into your working.
1: And it can be just as essential for life as it can be destructive for life. And you can really say that about any of the elements. Absolutely. But air can be just as destructive as it can be pleasant.
0: And words are a good use of that. I love that you mentioned words because they can also be very destructive and they can also be very beneficial depending on how it's used right now i'm gonna revive an age-old debate shell and i know this debate is still raging to this day because i just saw it on reddit but are wands and staffs air or fire and are daggers and athames air or fire what's your opinion
1: there is no gray area here okay with me wands and staffs are air bottom line daggers and athames and swords are fire. Bottom line, my opinion. Do not email us. I'm sure you have. I'm I'm sure you have an opinion, but that is mine.
0: Shell and I are on the same page for this. And I remember her and I getting into big fights over this with (laughs) elders in our group, because the traditional way of thinking always in the past was that knives and bladed objects are air. And the reasoning behind it was that they cut through the air to carve your circle or to carve... Or to carve your pentacle in the air and that wands were fire because they were made of wood and could catch fire and so they were considered to be fire i
1: don't know why i don't agree with that but i don't
0: that never worked or sat well with shell and i and quite a few other people as well for us wands are air wood and trees they breathe just like we do they breathe in sync with us Not to
1: mention, in the way I always kind of thought about it is, you know, back to my my woodsy, earthy thing, the trees blow in the breeze, the leaves blow in the breeze. Like, I'm thinking of a weeping willow, you know, I made one of my ritual wands, um, one of my first ritual wands way back in the day, out of a willow tree piece of wood. And when you think of a willow tree, your visualization are these branches flowing in the breeze, in the air, so yeah wand air wand air it made sense to me
0: same for me as well and also because the act of breathing even after it's become a piece of wood that no longer breathes it's still representative of air in that wood and i don't like the idea that it represents fire because it can be destroyed by that element that never fit well with me what i did like was having a dagger or athame represent fire because they are actually forged in fire They're created by fire. They become something better than itself in fire. Because of fire, yeah. And so it very much fit for me that way. I think that's why it's such a pervasive argument, because the the people who created Wicca and brought this type of pagan information into the mainstream came up with a lot of their own ideas. And they said, wands, fire, daggers, air... And so everyone kind of is like, "Oh well, they said it and wrote it down, so we have to follow it, even though it doesn't really sit right with most people. And it has to sit right with you. I mean, we say what works for you, and it sounds very flippant. That actually covers a much deeper message. And the message is, What you're really doing is self-hypnosis. What you're really doing is trying to change your own brain and your own subconscious. And to be honest, our brains like simple and easy. That's why spells are little limericks and little rhymes that are simple and easy and repetitive because your subconscious mind responds the best to that. It wants things to make sense. And that's the best way to get your subconscious, your conscious, your body, everything in alignment with your spell and your working. And so if it doesn't sit right with you, if it doesn't work for you, that will throw off your whole working. So that's why we say things have to work for you. It has to feel right. It has a very scientific, psychological reason behind that.
1: Well, since we we were debating the tools, let's jump right over to fire real quick. Hell yeah. You know... People think fire is destruction. I look at fire as a is a cleansing. Fire can be very therapeutic when it comes to cleansing. I don't know why, but you know those videos you see of like where they do the top grass burn offs. Yes. I always picture that when I picture a fire cleansing, burning off that top layer of garbage and bullshit. But with with fire, me personally, I'm looking at swords and athmes and and red and orange. Those are the things that that spark fire in my mind. You know, obviously on an altar, if it's not an athme, it's going to be a candle, actual, literal fire. But they all work together. You know, you say that, you know, wands could be fire and swords could be air. Well, incense is air, but you can't burn incense without the fire you know, they all kind of work hand in hand. I I think that fire gets a bad rap. Like I said, people kind of look at it as the destructive element. But when you look at the elements as correspondences to seasons, fire is summer. Fire is when we thrive and when we're, I don't want to say happiest, but everything is thriving in the summer. Everything is thriving during that fire season. And I, I think that maybe we should pay a little more mind to our fire element sometimes.
0: Absolutely agree. And the, the magical correspondences for fire follow right along with that. It is cleansing. It can also be destructive. It also is transformative. Fire changes. Right. Fire changes metal into that dagger or It changes you. Fire can represent sexuality, sensuality. It can be the energy of motivation, the energy of inspiration that pushes you forward in your job. It can be that passion in a relationship or the passion that drives you to find something new or to move all the way across the country it's the fire that
1: created the ashes from which the phoenix rose from
0: exactly exactly and i would actually say in my personal views i think that fire seems to be the most popular element everybody always wanted to call fire in our rituals everybody wants to be part of fire tribe everybody likes to play with the fire fans and the poi and the burning hula hoops and and all of that and Let's call a spade a spade. That's because fire is associated with sexual energy. Yeah, and everybody loves that that flaming energy, especially in the summertime when festival season is at its peak. I really love the way one of our favorite places to go, Brushwood Folklore Center, when they have their festivals and their whole seasonal thing, They have always had fire tribe, even before the current fad of calling yourself a specific type of witch, like I'm a herb witch, or I'm a crystal witch, or I'm a water witch. They had fire tribe. And the reason they had fire tribe- They've had fire tribe for 30 damn years. Plus, I think. Plus. And the reason they had it wasn't because fire is so cool and we all like sex and energy. It was because fire is dangerous. And people are fascinated with it and we do need to be careful. And so they recognized that very early and made it, it's an honor to be part of Fire Tribe, but you actually have to work to get there. You have to know the rules. You have to be careful. You have to be a willing steward of fire, especially amongst pagans. We love to have bonfires. We love to have ritual fires. We have tiki torches everywhere, candles everywhere, and fire dancers So we do need to have that fire tribe. Yeah, that's those safety people to take care of it. So it's not just a safety function, though. And I think that's the important
1: part. Yes, there is a safety function with it, but they wield that fire. They do. They master that fire. They manipulate that fire. They are wielding that energy as well as keeping them safe the
0: land safe participants safe but they are wielding that fire
1: energy the whole
0: festival has been transformed because of that and they very much there do honor all elements all five elements they have air fire water earth and spirit and each element has its own section on their land where they honor that element. There are other tribes. There's air tribe, water tribe, and they do kind of take care of the rituals in that kind of quarter. And, and like you said, it all works together. It's all wielded together to make ritual and magic happen.
1: I do want to point out, I had said this about fire, but I do want to mention as far as uh, seasonal correspondences, you've got north is associated with winter i don't know why is it because of snow all i can picture of is like these snowy wooded areas
0: the directional associations are very much situational and they started because it was western european uh, traditions yeah because they have like east was spring and fire was summer water
1: with fall but if you're in the southern hemisphere
0: it would be the ass opposite right and because they were on the west coast west was water North was where the ice was. South was where the warmth was. East was where the sun rose. So they made those correspondences based on where they lived. And then when it all started getting written down in written tradition and books were created about it, people just kept those same correspondences because that's how they were told rather than where you live. Right. Now, I have found that because I have had too many decades of those correspondences, it's difficult for me
1: To veer away from it. To
0: veer away from it, because that's where my my brain goes. And that's what's easiest for my brain to recognize. I will do spells and rituals that are place specific, but that's usually for a specific reason or, you know, to honor the place or for some specific ritual or spell. But if I'm just going to go to my go-to correspondences, I go right to those directional, traditional correspondences. Again, that's just because they were written down. It doesn't have to be how you do it. And they were created not for any particular reason other than place correspondences. So there's nothing any deeper than that.
1: I think the most important thing to remember is you don't have to incorporate any of this into your rituals or spells. You don't want to call quarters. Don't do it. No
0: harm, no foul, man. If I'm just doing a little ritual to get a parking spot somewhere, I'm not going to cast a circle and call quarters. Well, I mean, you
1: could if you really wanted to get all drama, but you don't have to.
0: Right. I'm just going to, in my head, get into magical space and say a few words that I associate with getting a parking spot and uh, push that magic out there. I'm not going to do a full-blown ritual. But, you know,
1: there is a whole different, um, and we can touch on this in a different episode, but there is a whole sect of elemental magic. You know, all of your magic focused on the earth element, all of your magic focused on the, the, the southern element. There is a, a community of folks that do focus on elemental magic, and that can be a really fun way to do some rituals. But I think, as far as that, that would be a whole separate topic uh, that we might want to touch on in a future episode. But quarters themselves, I kind of like having on my altar the the literal associations sometimes. And again, it depends on the ritual, but I've actually gotten like a pile of dirt and then a little bowl of water, um, a little of a, a little flame, you know, and the feather. That's the best way I can bring air into my house is with a feather. When you think about what works for you, just remember it doesn't have to be in a book to be right. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't have to be like you and I, you know, we're so stuck on what we were taught because we did that for 30 years. What if we moved to Australia and everything was flip-flop? We would go into like turmoil over it just because it
0: was what someone else said. If you're doing your normal thing and it starts to feel off to you, That's the time when you need to kind of sit with that, do some meditations on it, journal it out, kind of figure out what's feeling off, what's not feeling good. And if it's because you're calling water from west and you have the shell has the ocean on her east, maybe that's what's feeling off to her. And if she kind of goes through it a little bit, maybe she'll switch and start calling water in the east and air in the west and see how that feels.
1: And speaking of feelings, you know, let's let's kind of wrap up real quick with the West. I always think of blue West, blue water, and we've done that.
0: We've we, we've actually called uh, quarters that way: West, blue water. That's true. I do remember that ritual. I think every single element. I think we had three words. You were allowed to call say yep. you had to say three words for that.
1: And I remember it was West Water Blue. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I think of water. I'm not just thinking of water. I'm thinking of fish, seagulls. I don't know why I think of seagulls when I think of water. So really it's your own representations, what works for you. I love blue when it comes to West. Sometimes people like blue for spirit, again, whatever works for you. But that emotional ebb and flow, when I think of the water, I think of the moon, I think of the ebb and flow. It's that Cycle. West is very cyclical to me for some reason. I associate West with the moon, probably because of the water element.
0: But again, that might not work for everybody, but it works for me. And the magical associations that we have for water are water is the subconscious, it's your magical mind, it's emotions, it's all those undercurrents of our life that we really should pay attention to that sometimes we don't. You know, it's our past it's the the grooves in your brain from habits it's the things that we do over and over again like shell said it's the cycles
1: west is why we're stuck in our quarters and elements the way we are (laughs)
0: that's right that's exactly right (laughs) it can be one of the more difficult uh elements for people because it does deal so much with the subconscious and it can deal so much with emotion and baggage and and we have a hard time moving through that you know earth feels comfortable and grounded and air is a breath of fresh air and it's spring and new beginnings and fire's exciting
1: and happy and thrilling and water is just all deep and emotional, blah.
0: Yeah, it's scary. West can be scary, just like all of them sometimes. You know, it's patient. It wears down the stone over time. It's very strong, but it's relentless. That can be difficult for people. And so all of that water cleansing, that wash of emotions, all of that can be freeing liberating but also difficult sometimes
1: but you know um when you try to when you break it down to the basic terms everybody does a water ritual daily or every other day hopefully when you wake up in the morning and you're tired and you're groggy and you're like ah shit i got to go to work today but when you get in the shower And you've got that water just like flowing down. There's something, you know, you always wake up, you're groggy and tired. You get that shower and you get out of that shower and like, you're like, all right, I can do this. You know, it's almost like that cleansing ritual of showering away the negativity from waking
0: up. (laughs) It can literally be a ritual. It's one of my favorite mini daily rituals to do. We've talked before about how popular ritual baths are because of how pretty and photogenic they can be for TikTok and for Instagram. I want a claw foot, damn it. But honestly, there is nothing like a shower to magically cleanse yourself. And it's super, super easy. You get in the shower, you feel the shower beneath your feet and you ground yourself. You breathe in that damp air and just fill your lungs and breathe. Feel the warmth, feel the steam. And then literally, again, like for like, our brains and magically, we love to have things be the same. So imagine that water coming from the crown of your head down your whole body, washing you magically as you wash yourself physically. And all that negative energy, any negative emotions, any negative attachments. Down the drain. Right down the drain.
1: And I think that's where people, where where it started coming from. You know, women used to cry in the shower i'm sure there's been a time or two in life where you and i have cried in the shower maybe a couple it's therapeutic because you're just getting it all out and letting it go down the drain exactly it can be a great place it's not even necessarily dirt and grime it could be dirt and grime of your soul
0: oh deep very deep shell i love it exactly just like water just like water (laughs) (laughs) and people have shower beers Have some shower incense you know have a shower candle have all these things around and make it an actual ritual for you that you can do as you're doing your quick shower in the morning while you're late rushing off to work another
1: thing i've done um you can get stems of eucalyptus i
0: love eucalyptus
1: take a bunch of branches tie them off at the top in like a little bundle and then you can hang that in the corner of your shower so they're not necessarily getting full-on water beating on them, but they're kind of in that steam. Not only if you're sick, because if you're sick, it does really help that eucalyptus it smell. It does. But also as part of a, a showering ritual, that eucalyptus, can't beat it, man. So can't nice. Beat
0: and you can do that with anything. Put a couple drops of your favorite essential oil or if you're doing money spell or you're trying to do better at work, put a couple drops of five finger grass or something on your loofah or on your washcloth so that when you're in the shower doing this little ritual, you also have that scent. You want to activate as many senses as possible when you're doing magic and ritual because our brains love that. Our magical selves love to have everything kind of immersive and involved in order to- In one big
1: happy bundle.
0: Yeah, we can affect change so much better that way. I just think that sometimes if people
1: take a moment to connect with each element, that's one thing I went wrong in the beginning. I kind of, you know, way back in the day, I got stuck with an element and I just didn't want to hear about any other one. I don't know if you remember, but I used to always insist on calling the same element in ritual until one time somebody was like, hey, Shell, will you call? I don't even know what it was, North? And I'm like, uh why would I call North? I don't call North. And I'm like, why don't I? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I don't. So, you know, you don't want to get stuck in one, do some work with each one. And it can be simple stuff. You know, take a walk in the woods. If you, if you have that ability where you're located, go outside, breathe some fresh air. Um, If you've got a fire pit, build a fire one night, you know, go for a swim. If you're able Um, Just try to make some sort of connection with each element and don't get stuck into the I'm going to focus on one and only one because you're shorting yourself, not only magical experiences, but it kind of makes your practice a little lopsided.
0: I like how you said that, because, again, I know that there's the, the tendency now to be a certain type of witch or a certain type of pagan. We all like to have labels because it helps us to feel like we belong. And I get that. We're all connected. Those four elements, five elements, if you include spirit, they're representative of everything, of how everything works together. And if you focus on just one side of that, you're missing out on so much of how it all works together so beautifully to form everything. And I think that, like Shell said, don't get too caught up in one. Try to experience as much of them, all of them, sit with each one, do a little meditation on each one, go out into the world and pay attention, feel each one, honor each one. When you're sitting at your altar, you know, touch each piece that represents each element to you, whether it's a a small little item or bigger ones, however it is, you know, just kind of pay attention to that a little bit every day. But all of them work together. That's the important part, I think.
1: You know, doing a ritual, focusing on honoring a specific element is a great thing. But again, keep the balance, try to do that with all of them. You know, honor each one, think about each one, feel each one, interact with each one, because each one of them is great separately, but together can make your rituals and your spells
0: so much more wonderful. Brings everything right to the next level once everything's in harmony together. We will definitely get into these deeper in other episodes. We'll go into each one. We'll talk about elemental creatures themselves from different cultures,
1: We'll go into elemental magic.
0: But hopefully we've answered a few of your questions about what quarters are, what elements are, and how they're used in magic and ritual. If you have any questions, email us at backonthebroomstick at gmail.com. And of course, join us next Friday for the next episode where we delve into another topic of witchcraft and magic and bring you along for the ride.
1: I think I'm going to go take a ritual shower and go honor the West within me.
0: Oh, I love that. I think I'm just going to light some incense and uh, clean my house because that's how I can best honor all the elements today, I think. (laughs) A little spring cleaning is in the air, maybe. Go
1: honor the elements, folks. Now's the time. It's, It's getting warm out. Spring's coming. So honor all the elements and we'll see you next week. See you next week on Back on the Broomstick.